Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Here we go on a Tuesday morning. We are glad you've joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. I want to thank all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. We know we've given a lot of love to Strange Brew, but Churn and Spoon, man, they're back up and running, and man, they've got all sorts of treats there for you. Sundays, milkshakes, waffle cones, and of course, if you're looking to make a big celebration, they have some of the best ice cream cake you're going to find. So if you, you deserve a sweet treat, and I say if you're listening to Thunder and Lightning, you do deserve a sweet treat. You sure do. So why don't you treat yourself to Churn and Spoon today? And, of course, if you're just a, a coffee person, like my friend Joel T. Coleman is, Ooh. you know where to go in that strange brew coffee house. CollegeCornerStore.com. Guys, it's getting time to start coming to games. I swear, if I see a Maroon is All That Matters shirt, I might publicly shame you. I know in this age of cancel culture and things of that nature, shouldn't do those kind of things, but I don't know that I can help myself, especially when you can go to collegecornerstore.com and get a gift card for 30% off. You can buy a $100 gift card and get it for only $70. Why would you not do that? Why would you not get a new shirt? Why are you still wearing that shirt? (laughs) Sorry. But it's simple as this. Go to collegecornerstore.com, buy a gift card, 30% off, and then shop either online or at either of their two Jackson area locations. They're in Fleet they're by Fleet Feet in Ridgeland. They're in Flowood by the half shell. I almost said like Fleetwood. Like Fleetwood Mac. I combined yeah. everything there. And you can check out their incredible selection of MSU merchandise. Advantage Business Systems knows that right now your business needs to be working for you. You don't need to be working for your business. So why don't you give them a call today and find out how they can help you make sure your business is running as efficiently as possible. They have the solutions to do that. If it's new new computers, new hardware, new information systems, whatever it is that you need to keep your business running at peak efficiency, Advantage Business Systems has a way to get it to you at a great price. So call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. All right, Joel. Back to some positional breakdowns here. We're talking about the defensive line today. Different look for the, this, this, you know, three three five, you know, no real star, no real, you know, guy that, you know, even last year, I think, even though he didn't play at a superstar level, there was a lot of eyes on Chauncey Rivers before the start of the season. This year, really not a guy like that. If there was going to be a guy like that, it would have been Nathan Pickering, but now we're hearing from camp that it feels like Jaden Crumity might be starting ahead of him, and I think... Just my first uh, thought to that is that's a great thing for Mississippi State that Crumity has made that kind of jump. I 100% agree because I feel like you kind of know with Pickering that you've got a good player. Yeah. So if Crumity has has impressed that much, I, I'm with you, man. I think that's nothing but good news for Mississippi State. Um, but you don't have to go too far down the list to calling out names on that defensive line before you get to names that you're like, oh. You're right. No, you're right. Um. I mean, let's do it. Marquis Spencer. We're good with that. 
Yeah. Kobe Jones, we're good with that. Yeah. Pickering, good with that. Crummity, seems like we're good with that. Seems like we're good. And then who? And then, you know, Kobe, you know, Aaron Odom. But, again, uh, not saying he can't be good. But we don't know. But we don't know that he's Jack good. Jack Harris? No. Don't really know. And then you got a guy like, you know, Jordan Davis, who's obviously going to play back and forth between yeah. linebacker, who, you know, his recruiting profile is great, but, you know, we're going to have to sort of wait and see there. So, you know, you've got some – it feels like you've got four or five guys you really feel good about, and then you've got some guys who have shown some flashes. And you're going to need some more – this goes back to what Leach talked about yesterday, or Saturday in his press conference, consistency. Yeah. You're going to need more consistency from guys like Aaron Odom, from Jack Harris. Uh, maybe from a guy like Armandus Cooley, yeah. who, who's looking like he could play as a true freshman. And the thing with consistency is you you know what you're getting play after play. That That's that's the bottom line. That's the definition of consistency. Um, Leach, maybe one of the my favorite Leach quotes so far was something he said on Saturday. I would rather them be good all the time than great some of the time. Or something to that effect. I may have uh, misquoted him a little bit, but you get the point. He, he wants to know... Every single snap, every single play that the guys that are out there, not just on the defensive line, but everywhere, you have a, a good gauge of what you're going to get. I feel like those first four names that we called out that everybody can probably rattle off pretty quickly, yeah. you kind of know what you're getting out of those guys. The rest of them, maybe they're maybe they're consistent. Yeah. Maybe they're not. Don't know. Uh, and that's a dangerous spot to be in. I mean, you are one, you know, Twisted knee or so away from getting into a really sticky spot on oh, that's, the defensive line. Uh, the defensive line is a spot. Or, injuries or, are going to happen. Or COVID tests. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, not to mention the fact, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Who knows how that's going to impact the season and how you might go into a game with two or three guys from one position group out. Yeah. And and that's not just a Mississippi State problem. That's, that's an all problem, everybody yeah. in the country that's playing through this problem. But yeah, and defensive line isn't in in a, exactly a spot where you feel comfortable being one or two guys down. One guy whose name has popped up a lot, and it's he's become not only a, a guy I think you can rely on on the field, but off the field has become a bit of a leader in Starkville zone, Kobe Jones. Yeah. He, he has really uh, evolved and emerged as a guy, sort of one of the, the, the more vocal leaders on the team. You're hearing from him a lot. Uh, we've, we've talked to him you know, more this year than I think we ever have before. Of course, he's been tied up with that silly Rebel Rags lawsuit. Um, and now, you know, seeing a lot of him on social media. He was sort of the driving force behind the demonstration uh, a few weeks ago. So all that's, you know, great. Great to see him emerge as a leader. Can he emerge as a star player, do you think? I, th- I think he can. Uh, look, I, I saw him in high school, and he was pretty darn good in high school, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not to say that that's not to say that you're going to be a star at college level, but it I starts mean, there, though. Yeah, <laughs> I can almost guarantee that if you're not a star in high school, you won't be a star <laughs> at the next level. Feels feels pretty safe to uh, to say. Although, wasn't Tommy Stevens? Uh, wasn't he a guy that didn't even start in high school? No, you're thinking of Kyle Trask. Okay. Kyle Trask didn't start in high school. I see. I was thinking that that game that Tommy started in the in the Superdome that he said something like his first game like I started ever kind of deal. But maybe I'm wrong on that. No, no he started okay. in high school. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Kobe has. I don't know. To me, he has the demeanor to be a, a, a star, and he has the athleticism and the talent mm-hmm. to to be a star. And, and quite frankly, State kind of needs him to be a star. They do. They need they. They don't have that guy. They don't have a guy that I can just sort of put in the lineup and say seven sacks, eight sacks right there, or more. And they don't have that because guy. Because if you told me right now Kobe Jones isn't good this year, they're probably not going to be very good defensively. I would struggle to believe that they are. Yeah. Yeah. 
What about Marquise Spencer? That's a guy, you know. He's just been hurt by injuries. I feel like when he's been healthy, he's been productive. He's been productive, but it's like you said, he's just never been able to, like, he was good as a true freshman in 2016, one of the few bright spots on that defense. And you were thinking, gosh, with him and Jeff Simmons, that's a bright future at that position. And then Simmons took off, and and Spencer has stayed injured and has never been able to get there. Can he reach his potential in this his final year? I mean, what I assume is his final year. I mean, we're just guessing again, but you what you hope now is that these guys realize it's you now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, all eyes are on you. There's there's really nobody pushing you for that job. This is your time to shine. And you're either this ship is either going to sink or swim because of you, and, and you've got to hope for Kobe and for Marquise and really for the entire defensive line because, like we went through a while ago, no one, I guess you could say, Crumity has a proven backup if you want to say Pickering. Yeah, Crumity and Pick- Pickering are fine together. Um, but on the ends, especially, mm-hmm. there's no one that you just absolutely trust behind those guys. No, you can't. And so you've got to hope that with Marquise and Kobe that that sparks something in them to just say, look, I've got to do the job. Yeah. And maybe that means that in practice and in the you know in workouts with strength coaches and things that they've taken that extra step there and in that leadership role. And to me, that's why you like to see things like we've seen out of Kobe. It looks like there has been a switch flipped in Kobe Jones right. to where I have to be a leader for yeah. this team. And look, we'll see what happens on the field, but I kind of think one of the first steps to being a leader on the field is being a leader off the field. And yeah. I don't mean necessarily – I mean, guys can lead different ways. You don't have to get well, in somebody's ear all the time and be yelling and screaming or whatever. But Kobe looks like to me he has grown into a leadership role off the field. And to me, that's the first step – to, to being a, a leader is accepting the fact that I am a leader and then maybe that hopefully for him and for Mississippi State that you see that leadership on the gridiron itself you can say whatever you want off the field if you go on the field and don't perform people don't take you seriously and yeah, I'm not saying you have to be a superstar you can just be somebody who's a special teams player but if you're not playing at a high level nobody respects that so if Kobe Jones is developed into this leader and the team seems to be responding to that, it stands to reason that on the practice field right now he's showing that he has played, been playing at a high level and he's ready to play at a high level this season. And I don't think it hurts the fact that, I mean, he hadn't been a superstar, but he's been, I mean, he's laid a, a decent foundation for himself already. He's been he's been a pretty good player so far. Yeah. Has he been a star? No. But has he been a, a, a piece that has contributed? Absolutely. And, and so... Now you're just building upon that foundation, and what you hope is, is that you build a lot on that foundation, and he, he does become, you know, he doesn't have to be Montez Sweat coming off the end. Right. You know, he, he's just got to be strong. Yeah. Yeah. Just be a solid player. Get six, seven, maybe eight sacks. No, you don't need to have 13 or 14 sacks. You don't have to have that. I think the, the big sack numbers in this defense are going to come from the linebackers anyway. You just need to be a guy who you can trust and, and, and can be out there. He and Spencer both. I mean, honestly, when you look at this defensive line and really the defense as a whole, the bar for them to hit for us to consider it a successful defensive line or a successful defense, it really ain't it ain't it really isn't that high. Right? I mean yeah. it's not like it's not like we, we're projecting them to be 
the steel curtain or something out there. You know, it, it's just get yeah. top what, top top half 10? of the SEC. Oh, that that'd be a tremendous achievement. Yeah, if there's seven, even eighth, seventh or eighth, you're you're going to be just fine. If you're tenth, uh, the offense needs to be pretty good. You know, but yeah, we're, 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 this defense doesn't have to be 2018. It doesn't have to be 1999 because you've got some backup at the offense. They're going to score points, but you do need to be you you just need to be able to get off the field when it's time to get off the field. What well, has to give you some hope, and this goes for I guess for the defensive line, but also for the defense as a whole. We've heard we heard Arnett the other day talk about how it's not really a knowing what to do issue, mm-hmm. and, and basically. These guys know where to be. It's not really an assignment deal. It's just making plays kind of deal. That that has to kind of give you some hope because if you know where to be and you know when to get there and how to get there and all that, then some of that other you'd have to think occasionally you're going to see flashes of, of the plays being made. So, you know, if, if Zach Arnett came and talked to us and said these guys are out of position and giving up big play after big play, then I think you have to – have some concern but from what we've heard to this point it sounds like these are all in, intelligent guys that know where they're supposed to be and you just kind of gotta hope that not only do they get there they they make the play when they're there but getting there's yeah. the first step <laughs> yeah no no question about it i think that there's there's some potential i don't i don't know that this is truly a high ceiling group outside of pickering but i think you've got good starters i mean you go back to 18, right? And obviously with Sweat and Simmons, high, high ceiling, right? But if those guys weren't there and you had Gary Green and Braxton Hoyette and Corey Thomas and, and, and Fletcher Adams, you still got a pretty good defensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, what made that defense elite was Simmons and Sweat. They just commanded so much respect. But you still had depth pieces there that had they had been the starter, you still would have been pretty good. Um, so that, that's what, what I feel with this, with this group here. They can be pretty good. I don't know that there's a, a true superstar in the group. And if it is, it's Pickering, and he'll have to, you know, we'll see how he develops yeah, this year. The thing is, I hate to bring back bad memories for people, but back in the, the 1A and 1B. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Why would you I do can that? Hear the grumbles now. But draw me up a 1B defense with that defensive line. Uh, I mean, so it's not it, great. It's just not good. I mean, I say not good. You got that, Pickering in the middle, and you feel pretty good about that. But then the two guys alongside him are going to be question marks. You just you big don't know, question marks. You don't know anything about them. So all you got out of the the other two guys, again, not to say they can't be good, but all you've got right now is a big old bucket full of hope. You just hope they can be good. Yeah. You don't know that they can be good. Correct. Correct. And that's a scary place to be when you're playing a ten game SEC schedule. You're right. I mean, especially you're talking about the defensive line. You're not. You're not talking about. You know, the wide receiver position or anything like that. Games are won and lost. Even in an air raid offense, games are won and lost in the trenches. And if you're not good up front, if the other teams can control the ball and control the clock and keep Mike Leach's offense off the field, it's going to be a problem. So State needs they. This is the position they really need some players to step up at. This in the set in the cornerback position. If, if those two players can just, if those two position groups can just be good, not great, not superstars, just good. This can be a good defense. They can't. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough year. It's gonna be a tough year. You're not you're not gonna win more than probably four games at that point. So we'll see where that where that takes us. Let's move on over and talk about something else. And let's do that thanks to our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Don't forget this weekend you want to hit the food truck up. Get yourself a burger, a taco, a cheesesteak sandwich. 
while you're out there for lunch or for dinner. They'll cook you up a fine steak, one of the best in Starkville. If you just want to do the cooking yourself, well, just slide on inside and tell them what you're looking for. Ribeyes, fillets, strip steaks. I don't know if you got a chance to see those. Wagyu beef strip steaks they had for sale this weekend. Those are the kind of specials they're offering at Welcome Home Beef, and they're always willing to do specials for you. So give them a call today and tell them what you want to put on the grill this weekend at 662 268 8148 or visit them online at facebook.com slash welcome home beef remember when you talk to welcome home beef whether they're cooking it or you are one thing's for sure it just tastes good joel we're gonna talk about some guys that we think are going to contribute this year but we're not hearing a whole ton about them be it from us from leach from whoever and uh, we're gonna start on the offensive side of the ball we didn't talk about this guy i'm sorry you weren't here me and robbie we left this guy out how did we do that when we talked about wide receivers? But we didn't mention Tyrell Shavers. And I feel like with Shavers, he's he seems to have started to get a little bit more pub this week. I think he got off to a slow starting camp from what I can tell. But it seems to be clicking for him now. He, I expect him to be a big part of the rotation at this point. Yeah. Uh, from all indications, you know, right now I think he may be working some second team. But, I, I mean – when you're a Mike Leach receiver, does working second team really matter all no. that much? Because we were talking a minute ago. Here I am. I'm going to bring it up twice in one show. We were talking about State and the 1A, 1B defense stuff from the past. Well, when you're a Mike Leach offense, as much as they rotate receivers and do that whole nine yards, I mean, they basically do, I guess, have a 1A, 1B type. They may not call it that. But, so, uh, but yeah, Shavers definitely seems to have worked his, his way into that mix. And I'm like you. I mean, early on, man, we heard nothing about him. And – uh but now suddenly Leach mentioned him the other day, um, un, you know, unprompted. Uh, unprompted. Yeah. And, and so it does seem like he's making a little more, a little more noise. And, and it stands to reason, I mean, that when you come into a new environment that it may take you a while to get acclimated. I, I think I'm probably guilty of it. I think you're probably guilty of it. I think probably a lot of people listening are probably guilty of it. Because of where he came from, because of his recruiting profile, I think a lot of people just assumed he's going to come in here and maybe be the guy. And I don't know that that expectation was fair. And, you know, by the time the season gets here, time you get in the middle of the season, maybe he is the guy. But I, I think for all of us, it may have been a little bit foolish to think he could just step right in and uh, – be the top target from day one, and I, th- I think a lot of us did put a lot of that expectation. I on think him. we did. I think we did. And but it looks like it's starting to come together for him. And I, at this point, it, I think you can you can probably pencil him in for that middle of the pack kind of statistics, which in a Mike Leach offense is fifty catches, six hundred, seven hundred yards, yeah, five or six touchdowns. You know that if, if you get that out of Tyrell Shavers, and that's middle, especially if that's middle of the pack where I have it, yeah, you're good. Be really good, and maybe Shavers is a guy too that uh, I don't know. This this is just complete speculation now, but there are players that just don't practice well. There's one right now that's a starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. We used to hear all the time that Dak was not that much of a yeah, he wasn't that great of a practice player. But those lights come on, man, and and he was just a different dude. But anyway, and maybe Shavers ends up being a guy like that where. Maybe he's been kind of lagging in practice a little bit. Maybe the lights come on at Davis Wade or down in Baton Rouge or wherever, and he shows up big time. So we'll, we'll see. But you're right. A guy that didn't didn't hear a lot about him until the last few yeah. days. He also has another thing working for him. He's 6'6". So as a red zone target, he should be right there. That's a guy who 
in all honesty, he should catch eight to ten touchdowns. Just because he should be option one, you know, on a fade, or if they want to throw it up and let him get it, he should be able to do that. But he also should have the size to be able to body off and on a quick slant or something to get on, get in front of a defensive back and and, and shield him from the ball. Yeah, just got to catch it. Um, Man, you could draw up a pretty interesting like red zone pack. Put, put like Shavers and maybe Spivey Sh- or Shavers, somebody Mitchell, out there. Mitchell, Spivey, and 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 Cumbest. <laughs> you know, and you spread those guys out. You know, you don't you don't bunch them up. You spread them out, and now you've got nickelbacks. You know, what's what's the average you know third cornerback look like? Five eight and one forty five, one fifty, mm-hmm. and he's going to go out there and, or Garrett Schrader and and going to you know try to body up those guys. <laughs> and even and, and the other thing is, even if you don't throw it to them, I mean the blocking. I mean, you got huge guys out there. So Kylan Hill wants to spring, you know, take a quick, you know, hop step and get outside. He should have somebody sealing off whoever's out there with him. So a lot of interesting stuff there. You're right. Here's a guy I don't know if he's going to contribute or not, but uh, King Ani is a guy that you know came with a lot of hype. You know, was one of the most highly rated uh, defensive linemen in, in that class a couple years ago. A guy that you you looked at, and you're like, okay, they missed out on Byron Young, but they got this guy from Tennessee. Don't hear his name at all. Is he going to make None. any kind of contribution this year? I don't. I don't it know. It would that he totally is. shock me if he did because we have. We didn't just talk about him. We have. I'm trying to think in, in all of our media availabilities. I want to say Jeff Phelps was maybe asked specifically about King Ani back a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And other than that, we haven't heard his name at all. Yeah. And so that leads you to believe that with coaches having ample opportunity, you know, fellow teammates and, you know, players and stuff having ample opportunity to talk about, you know, who, who's kind of making some waves and names thrown out, hadn't heard him at all. So, yeah. You make me guess? No, I, I, it doesn't seem like he's contributing it. At he all. he was injured last year, and that's why he didn't play at all. Uh, I don't I don't know what it's maybe it's a health thing more than anything else. I know that's what it is with Demonte Russell, but gosh, if he's not contributing by the end of this year, you got to start the B words coming at, at that point yeah. um, for him. Back on offense, real quick, a guy that we hadn't mentioned a lot that another guy he, he's been mentioned more than Shavers hmm. lately, Jaden Wally. Jaden Wally is getting a lot of hype right now, a lot of Bo, run. Both scrimmages now, he, he's, he's, he has supposedly had... He might be in the eight. You know, I'm looking at these receivers in terms of there's eight. Yeah. So who are those eight? He's in the eight right now, I think. You know, for, who, Who's a lock for the eight? Mitchell? Austin Williams. Austin Williams. Javante Payton. Uh, Malik Keith. Tulu Griffin. Now, I guess are thinking, right? I mean, I think Shavers ja- is. Shavers. So there's five. Jaquarius Spivey? Probably. Six, or that's seven. So there's one more. Jaden Wally might be that guy right now. You know, might be over Caleb Ducking, over Garrett Schrader, over, um, trying to think. I know I'm leaving some people out, but I mean, he, he, his name just, every time we see a, a practice report or a scrimmage report, his name is in there. He caught a couple of passes today. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I kind of wonder if that, Six through eight spot of that wide receiver rotation might be a little bit like the uh, you fellow Braves fans can relate to me on this, like the back end of the Braves rotation of late, yeah, which is just like finding the guys random minor league guy every yeah. time that those spots come around. There's going to be I games mean, six, like that. Six though. through eight may you know this game it may be Wally and somebody else. The next game it may be Spivey and somebody. There's going to be a game where Dante Jones catches six passes for seventy eight <laughs> yards, and you're like, wow, he looked really, and then you don't see him again for two weeks. 
because they're just going to rotate the guys. You know, Mitchell will always be in there. Heath probably always in there. But like you said, five or five, six, seven, eight, or six, seven, eight could be different guys every week. You know, so that that, that that's a good point. Um, what about Sean Preston on defense? Feels like he's he's sort of he might be the first safety off the bench. Is what I get. I mean, there's definitely. Anybody that you want to pull a name out of the hat in that def- in, in that secondary, mm-hmm. if you wanted to tell me that by the end of the year they were a contributor, I'd be like, yeah, they may have been. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because outside of of Emerson and Marcus Murphy and maybe Fred Peters, you pull me out a name and I'm I'm okay with saying. That. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. I mean, another guy who who looks like he's going to start is is Colin Duncan. This is a he's an interesting player from a recruiting prospect uh, from a recruiting profile perspective. Pretty highly recruited guy, a high three star. He had a lot of quality offers. Uh, he was a, sort of a last minute guy in, in Mississippi State's 2019 class. Looks like he's going to be maybe that uh, starting uh, free safety at this point. Yeah. Uh, again, I wonder how flexible all this is going to yeah. be, though, especially in the secondary. Man, like th- there's just we talked about the defensive line, and, and outside of those top three or four guys, there just doesn't seem to be any guarantees. And I feel the same way about the secondary. Outside of those top three or four guys, again, you know, Emerson, Peters, Murphy, if you filled in the other spots with any other name any week, I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, I think you could end up getting contributions from any of those guys. And then again, you, I guess ideally for Mississippi State, whether it's Duncan or somebody else steps into those roles and solidifies them and you, you don't hear out of out of you know some of the the other names, but yeah, right now as we sit here, what twelve days before the season starts, you throw me out a name in the secondary, and you tell me, yeah, state got some contribution out of those guys at season's end, and I'm like, All right, okay, yeah. Duncan's <laughs> I, a guy can... at this point. I would be surprised if he doesn't contribute. Yeah, he feels he feels like there's one lock in the secondary. Marcus Murphy, Fred Peters is close to that, and then the next guy well, is em- Colin Duncan. Emerson. Like Emerson. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And Emerson and Murphy are locks. Peters is close. Duncan's sort of that next guy in there. So, um, who else? Are we got here's another name. I think this guy could play a could be a, an important depth piece on offense, and I think he's potentially a, a good starter for Michigan. That's Brandon Cunningham. I feel like he, he, you're not hearing a whole lot about him, but I think he's a guy who can swing between tackle and guard and give you some some extra depth. Can he? I mean, not hearing a lot about him, but can he make a contribution this year? Um, I just had a work email and I, I got in the middle of that as you were asking that question. So, so do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, it was a, a secondary guy. No, no, dang, no. I'm sorry. So, Brandon Cunningham. Brandon Cunningham. Yeah, I, I don't. <sighs> Again, I feel like we're just we're just crap shooting names. And well, I, that, I, that's you know, the point. I, that these are guys that I think I expected them to contribute this year. You're talking about some some guys who, from a recruiting perspective, were pretty high high up, or they're you know they're older players. I, I expect to see them. You know, I, I would have expected to see them on the field if Moorhead was here. I'll put it that yeah. way. It's a it's a giant. I, I guess it kind of fits the theme of this season a little bit in that whether you talk about Cunningham or you, you pull me out some other names, it's just a random giant grab bag of I don't know what we're fixing to see. You know, yeah. I, I don't know who's going to control. There's so many, so many spots that, that you, you could just see random names step up. In some ways, it's exciting because you just don't know for sure. You know, 
come the end of the year who, who's going to have stepped up, and maybe that's a good thing for the future of the, the Leach era. Yeah. Um, the answer to your question, I don't know. What do you think, Cunningham? What you got? Like I said, like I said, when you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, from a recruiting profile perspective, very highly recruited kid. I think he provides a guy who can play tackle and guard. You know, he, he can go out there and, and on the edge, but I think he can also you know be a, a mauler in the middle. I like him. I, th- I mean, he's a guy that they talked about a lot last year. That well, had there been an emergency, they did not want to burn Charles Cross's redshirt. Yeah. If there had been an emergency, Cunningham might have been one of the guys they looked at. He and Penley both. Um, so I, I could see him making a you know making that step that next year he sort of takes over for Darian Parker maybe as, yeah. as, as your left. Guard. I mean, it, it feels like you're going to have to have an injury or some kind of situation like that to get that far. Yeah, that La- far down the line. Last guy I want to talk about, guy you should know something about, Rufus Harvey. Again, sort of been bothered by injuries in camps, but I feel like he he's a guy that if he had been healthy, we might be hearing his name instead of Jaden Wally's. Man, I know I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Rufus Harvey homer. Just I feel I, like there's a lot of those guys out there. Well, I just one played for Ole Miss. He was he was so fun to yeah he really uh, he's so he was so fun to watch in high school and he was a guy that when you watched it was tough to believe when he didn't have that Mississippi State offer mm-hmm. and you're sitting there thinking campus is two miles up the road and this kid's down here doing this and so i I guess there's a little bit of that i'm just pulling for the kid because i covered him in high school kind of got to to talk to him and and i guess know him a little bit and and know that he wanted that offer so i'm I'm pulling for him to succeed but he's a guy that i I don't know if it's going to be this year because there are a lot of options there but i i just believe before his career said and done in this mike leach offense you're going to hear from rufus harvey yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to be in 2020, but uh, he was just too good to, to me to, to not be productive. And uh, maybe you catch some flashes and some glimpses of him this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I really do. I see him doing – I don't want to say he's ever going to be the guy or anything like that, but I think he's going to have a – He's going to have some Mississippi State moments, I would dare say, over the next few years. I, I would definitely agree with that, but – you know, we talked about that. You know, six, seven, eight. Don't be, don't be surprised if Rufus Harvey is a guy who's consistently in that mix, catching you know, three or four passes a game, and could and could easily have a game where he's just, he just has you know, a good matchup and he catches seven, eight passes in a game. That's going to be very interesting to see. Like, I, I would be willing to bet in ten games that State has a different leading receiver six times, and the other four times it's Kylan Hill. Yeah, I mean. Mitchell one game, Heath one game, Harvey one game, you know Pey- Peyton one game, Williams one game, Griffin one game. I mean, it's just, just going to be that way, you know. They, they just keep keep making it work. So there's a lot of guys on this on this roster that we're not hearing a lot about though that I think are going to make contrib- big contributions this year. So I don't know, if, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Hey, well, I mean, even the guys that we hear all the time about. Um, like I mean, Austin Williams. We've heard him. We've we've talked to him two or three times already in camp. We've heard his name a bunch already in camp. I mean, you would think that he is, and maybe he is by the end of the year. You, you would think he's a number one go to receiver. Yeah. And yet, at the end of the season, it's not going to be a shock if he's like you know sixth. Yeah. No, you're right. Like so, I I just feel like there is still so much unknown about this team. Offensively, yeah, we know they're going to throw the ball. 
we don't know who's going to get it thrown to them the most. Um, defensively, I, to some extent, particularly, you know, if you want to look through the two deep, it's just a grab bag of who's going to fill that spot. I mean, you just don't know. Um, man, there's a whole lot of unknowns. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, that's kind of what makes part of this fun. So, yeah. You know, we, we don't always sit here. In fact, we usually don't sit here and know what we're talking about. Yeah. But we really, when it comes to this team and, and who at the end of the year we're going to look back on and, and see contributions from, there's a whole lot of I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. And that, that makes it fun. I agree. I agree. Should be a fun season. I hope. All right. Tomorrow's show is the rumblings. You know what to do. Any and all questions will be answered. Me and Joel will be happy to take them from you. Uh, so get those questions in starting now. And we'll, uh, we'll we'll be happy to take care of those for you. We've also, we'll do a preview tomorrow. We'll talk about the linebackers before we get into the rumblings on tomorrow's show. You, got something, you look like you want something to say. No, I'm just I'm listening intently now. Okay. Oh, now. Now that I'm wrapping up, <laughs> I got nothing left to talk about. All right. Guys, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Have a great Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.